Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game. When it comes to space games, nobody compares to Atari. Excuse me, have you compared them to Intellivision? Intellivision? Sure, they've got great space games, like Intellivision Space Battle. I didn't know. And now there's Space Armada and the incredible Astro Smash. I didn't know. Here, compare for yourself. In television, space games from Mattel Electronics. Once you compare, you'll know. Hey, did you hear that? That was weird. It was like a voice from beyond telling us to do an Intellivision game this week. Well, all right. I always listen to the voices from beyond. So I guess we'll do another Intellivision month and kick it off this week. But more on that in a minute. How you been, everybody? So I'm recording this. This is a rare after hours recording for me. It's late on a Friday night. I've got some travel coming up, so I'm trying to get this recording in. So I'm recording very late uh, in the evening. Everyone has finally gone to bed. I have a little beverage. Um, I may or may not be wearing pants. My beverage, uh, unfortunately, not an alcoholic beverage. Um, I'm enjoying a lovely Seedlip cocktail. Seedlip, if you're listening and you want to sponsor the show, you know, Email me, ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Seedlip, I forget what their tagline is exactly, but they bill themselves as the world's first distilled alcoholic beverage or something something to that effect. I've only tried the spice version. It's, it's not quite like gin, but it's pretty close to gin, I guess. So I'm having a little bit of that, a little bit of ginger ale and a lime. Actually, I'm lying about the lime. Usually there's supposed to be a lime in there, but I didn't have any. So there's no lime in this one. You know, it's a cocktail, sort of. Uh, cocktail light, I guess. So I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying, you know, the the uh, potential that anything could happen when you record late on a Friday night. Like, for example, I could fall asleep. So stay tuned for The Sound of Silence. I could do a podcast called The Sound of Silence Podcast. That would be awesome. All I'd have to do is turn on the microphone and the recording uh, software and just let it run for a while till the episode was over. And then you put it out on the internet. No editing required. What are you going to edit? I'll bet there's somebody out there who would listen to that. Because there'd probably be some ambient noise. You know, maybe a little uh, traffic noise outside if the windows are open or the dog barking at something out the window or a random fart or something. I don't know. And I'll bet somebody would listen to that. Hmm. If anyone wants to steal that idea, you got to cut me in on your Patreon donations or whatever. So, you know, email me, ataribytes2016 at gmail.com so I can get a producer credit. Speaking of late night cocktails and the craziest and the craziness that goes with it, I'll bet this guy knows something about that. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. So, you're hearing this episode at the earliest, the first weekend in June. So, I'm pretty sure the Flat Earth Expo that Mad Mike was headlining is over. I think that was supposed to be maybe uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'm not sure. So, let's see if Mad Mike tweeted anything about that. Or whoever runs his Twitter account. I'm 
kind of wondering if it's actually even him who does his twittering. I know it's tweeting. I like to say twittering. This is Rocket Man on Twitter a couple of days ago has a link to a YouTube video that I'm not going to click on because it's Daniel Tosh, and I'm not particularly a Daniel Tosh fan. But the uh, tweet, Daniel Tosh shows Mad Mike it's not that hard to make a homemade rocket. Best interview ever. To check out the full interview, go to YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And the previous tweet before that was back on the 17th of May. Tensions are high when proving the flat Earth is at stake. And that was the Instagram photo. Or, I don't think it was a photo, I think it was a quote that we looked at last time. That's it for recent Twittering. Here, let me, uh, let me Google. Actually, I'm not using Google. Yeah, I am using Google. Everybody uses Google. I think it's a law or something. I will Google Flat Earth Expo and go. Yep, it was May 25th. As I'm recording this, uh, it's not yet Memorial Day, so I can't give you a report on what happened at the Flat Earth Expo. But I'm not really even seeing a whole lot of articles about it, well, about it coming up and what to expect. Eh, there's some promotional stuff. So that's still a thing in the future to look at or to be excited about. As far as I know, the Earth is still round. There have not at this point been any shocking developments on that front. We'll see what happens, I guess, over what for me is still the three-day weekend to come. Ah! For me, it's still to come. You've already had the three-day weekend and had to go back to work. Haha. All right, well, no Mad Mike news this week. Sorry. Wah, wah. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. All right, well, as I said... This is the start of the second annual Intellivision Month here on Atari Bytes. Last year, we decided that the Intellivision, well, for us, for me, the Sears Telegames, looked lonely sitting there in my little uh, video game setup where I do my recording. And, you know, I got the sense that the, uh, the console was a little uh, jealous, a little resentful, sitting over there next to the often used Atari consoles. I have two of those, the 20, two 2600s and a 7800, and they get plenty of use while poor little telegames just kind of sits there. So I decided last year to launch Intellivision Month. Every Sunday in June, we play a different Intellivision game and make up a story. It's the same show that I always do, just a different console. Had fun doing it last year, decided to bring it back this year. Really, uh, you know, if I'm being totally honest here, what I'm doing is trying to broker peace between the consoles and, in that way, telegraph to the world that we should, as the saying goes, all just get along. If I can make the world a better place by, say, playing Burger Time, which is vastly superior on a television, but in the spirit of its coexistence, we won't mention that, then so be it. I'll be waiting for my Nobel Peace Prize. In the meantime, this week's game is... Space Armada. Let me try that again. Space Armada. Yeah. Space Armada. Space Armada. You know what? It's just Space Armada. From Mattel. 1981. It still makes me laugh when I hear Mattel video games. Because when I think of Mattel, I think like uh, Barbie and you know any number of the preschool level toys that I played with. 
when I was a preschooler. Not that I played with Barbie, although it would have been okay if I did. I, I mean, I might as well have, because I had G.I. Joe and, and all sorts of other guys uh, you know, that had their own clothes and accessories, so it might as well have been a Barbie. But that's what I think of when I think of Mattel. I don't think of video games. The nice thing about doing a television month every month is all of my games that came out of my own collection are still carts in boxes with instruction manuals because I kept all that stuff for some reason. I don't even remember why. I distinctly remember them being on the shelf. I think the reason was I had, for the Atari, I had a nice plastic case with a lid on it that would hold the console and the controllers and a certain number of cartridges. Um, I forget how many, maybe 20 or so. And it was really nice. And you could put everything away in one one uh, one thing. I actually still had it when I started this podcast. I kept my I kept it in there. Uh, the, the, me talk good. Maybe there is alcohol in this uh, cocktail. Anyway, uh, when I got my Atari stuff out to do this podcast, when I started it back in 2016, I still had that box. And for a long time, I kept the Atari stuff, some of it anyway, I had more games by then. Um, some of it I kept in that box. But uh, honestly, the cat feeling ornery that day peed all over it. So there went the box. But where was I going with this? Oh, so I had, I think as a kid, I had a nice box to put the cartridges just by themselves in. And, and there was even a spot you could put the manuals, except after a while I got too many manuals and they wouldn't fit. So I would just keep the cartridges in there and the manuals and stuff, and I just would throw away the boxes because I wasn't thinking, you know, in 30 years you're going to want these boxes. But I didn't have a box like that for the Intellivision games, so I just kept them in the boxes and put them on a, a bookshelf next to the TV. So, which turned out to be fortuitous because I still have those boxes and the manuals and everything. So I'm opening up, opening up my box... I'm getting out the manual. Oh, there are the overlays. Aren't they cute? The little plastic sheets to put on the controllers. Oh, uh, what memories. So the manual tells us this is a game for one or two players for color TV viewing only. You see, kids, once upon a time, TVs came in black and white only. I know. Go ask your parents. Space Armada. Start the game and here they come. You know, it's serious because it's all in capital letters. Four rows of menacing monsters, an armada of trouble. You begin with six laser guns and three bunkers. The descending targets drop bombs on you and your bunkers. Hit the elusive red flying saucer for big points and some damage repair. Every time you clear the screen of targets, the challenge gets tougher. More bombs, guided missiles, and many, many surprises. Fire away. Well, see, now that just invites you to be a quitter, right? If, you know, in life, you're told that every time you accomplish something, it's going to get harder to do that again. Yeah, there's a certain, certain segment of the population that's just going to say, "Well, screw it. What's what's the the uh, what's the point? I'm just going to sit and watch TV, because that's the American way." Um, but no, in this game, that's supposed to make you make you work even harder, you know, the next level and get even more points, theoretically. The object of the game is to score as many point many points as possible. Duh by shooting descending space armada targets before any of them land. And they put land in quotes. I don't understand that. But anyway, each time a screen full of targets is cleared and a new armada appears with the higher with higher point values and sometimes new offensive weapons. Check your equipment. That's good advice, guys. Always check your equipment. 
Go take care of that and then come back. All right. Are we good? All right. There's a lovely diagram of the typical Intellivision. You got your two-hand held controllers, your Super Video Arcade console itself, your reset button, your off, sw- on, off and on switch. They give you both. A switch that does both. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Space Armada cartridge, the cartridge slot, um, your TV set. Oh, man, look at that TV. That is totally a 1970s TV. Ah, uh, what memories. Anyway, uh, then they tell you to make sure everything's plugged in, basically. Press the reset button. This is assuming you put the cartridge in the console. Press the reset button. Title screen appears on the screen. Add the overlays. Find the Space Armada keypad overlay in the cartridge package with the booklet. Remember handheld controller. Sorry. Remove handheld controller from the console. After the first time, the handheld controller was never actually in the console. Remember it had sort of the recessed little uh, little beds, little little grooves for the for the uh, controllers to sit in and theoretically you could wrap the cord up and slide it in underneath a little plastic uh, ledge so that it would sit the controllers the, the cords would be hidden and the controllers would sit net side by side in this little uh, indentation, you know, flush with the rest of the, the top of the console. Yeah, right. After the first time, that never happened. So you insert the overlay into the handheld controller. You make sure the overlay fits tight and is all the way in. The overlay will be your visual guide in the Space Armada game, assuming you ever, ever look at it again. You've got the game button that's, or practice button that selects which mode you're playing in. The button's on the side. Fire your lasers. And the disc moves your laser left and right. Get ready. When you see the Space Armada title, press the disc on or any button on either hand controller. The screen shows game or practice. To start game mode, you press game uh, and then enter. If you select practice mode, you will be able to play the game at the beginning, but at a slower speed. Practice mode has greater usefulness when you have cleared the screen a few times and want to get a replay of a more difficult target situation. At the beginning of the game, you have 32 moving targets arranged in four wo- rows like this. Can you all see? Alright. Hey, wait up. Okay. You also start with six laser guns, one visible in the center of the picture, and five more in reserve. The targets move left and right, and the entire armada descends every time any target reaches other side of the screen. Either side of the screen. To hit a target, you move your laser gun left or right by pressing the right half of the direction disc. The left or right half. When you're clear of the bunkers, fire by pressing any button on the sides of the hand controller. You have unlimited ammunition, but you can only shoot fast enough to have one laser round on the screen at a time. So make your shots count, and it gets super duper frustrating. The first armada attack is with white bombs that wiggle as they fall. They come down slowly enough so that you can move away before your laser gun is hit. If you lose all your guns, the game is over. If you win that battle by clearing all 32 targets from the screen before any of them reach the ground, you get another armada. Every time a bomb hits one of your bunkers, it chips a piece away, and in your second battle, your bunker protection will be reduced. By the third battle, a new kind of bomb will start to fall. It's longer than the first kind, and brown. So it's a turd? Anyway, it explodes when it lands, and even a near miss will take out one of your laser guns. After a hit, the game pauses briefly. When it restarts, one of your reserve guns appears, and you can resume firing. Normally, a replacement gun appears in the center. However, if you want it to be located left or right, press that side of the disc during the pause. If you keep on clearing the screen, the targets start moving faster, and new forms of attack take place. There are guided missiles, 
pulsing violet projections that will fall to Earth and move horizontally to blow up your gun. Wow, that's nasty. Unless they hit one of your bunkers. If you fire your laser when you're directly underneath one of these missiles or brown bombs, you can blow them up in midair with a direct hit. Later on, if you keep clearing the screen, the Armada attack gets more and more challenging and introduces some surprises that will always make the game interesting. Be prepared as the game goes on to confront a variety of battle situations, including targets that can become invisible. You must shoot them anyway. If you forget to hit them, hit any of them, they will reappear when they land and the game will be over. Jerks. Every screen full of targets is worth more than the preceding Armada. The first set is worth 10 points each, the second is worth 20 points each, and so on. The red flying saucer at the top of the screen gets you bonus points, a random number from 1 to 32, time, uh, 1 to 32 times the current value of each target. Hitting the flying saucer gives you something more, re, gives you something more, repair of your most damaged bunker. This is especially important during later battles when you really need protection. Every time one of your laser guns is hit, the game pauses and you see the current score, as well as a count of your guns in reserve. A plus sign means you have more reserve layer uh, means you have more reserve lasers than are shown. You also get a score update when you finish clearing the screen of targets. The game is over and your final score is shown when you lose all your laser guns or when or when any target gets away it gets all the way to the bottom of the screen. When the game is over, you can have a replay of the last prac uh, of the last screen full of targets and battle situation you played. Press enter and then practice and then enter again. All your bunkers will be restored, and you have six laser guns. The situation will be slightly slower speed than it was during regular game, so you can refine your strategy and improve your playing skill. I don't know that, and I know I didn't today, and I don't think I ever did as a kid, played in practice mode. I didn't really see the point. Uh, but it's there if you want it. If you select practice mode at the beginning of the game, you'll get the first screen at a slower than normal speed. Full 90-day warranty on Super Video Arcade. For 90 days from the date of purchase, Sears will repair this telegame Super Video Arcade cartridge free of charge, if defective in workmanship. I'm going to go call Sears now and ask if they'll fix my uh, console. Oh wait, that's right, I'm not, because Sears doesn't exist anymore, effectively. Eh, well, we all get old and disappear. Wow, it must be late on a Friday night. And that is how you play Space Armada from Mattel. Did I mention that? MyBrainOnGames.com called Space Armada for the Intellivision, unashamedly a clone of Space Invaders. A hard one to boot. The game is very colorful and plays well, but it'll take a lot of practice to make progress. Uh, well, there's this is a, a two-hander review. That was John. Jeff says, this clone is very simple and somewhat repetitive, it's somewhat responsive. Just didn't like the first stage. I just didn't like how the first stage appears to be impossible to pass. I know it is possible, just not worth the effort. The arcade industry didn't have much reason to worry about home consoles at this point in time, and I can clearly clearly see why. Game Facts called the game a blatantly bad Space Invaders cash-in. Mattel usually took the high road with their quality of games. Almost every game that they released was very original and usually very fun to play. It seems like Mattel gave into the gave into the temptation with Space Armada and decided that they needed to cash in as cheaply as possible with the Space Invaders with the Space Invaders craze by releasing their own stripped-down, choppy version, lacking all the refinement pol and polish that the source material had. The biggest insult to gameplay comes with the fact that there's no two-player option at all and no difficulty settings, just a practice mode and a regular mode. How much more lazy could you get, Mattel? 
Your base as well as the invaders move very sluggishly, making the game hard to control accurately. Your shots are not terribly accurate, and collision detection is questionable. The graphics are much larger and more colorful than the 2600, but they sacrifice detail for size, and it really shows, because the game does not look like it belongs on the television. It looks like it came from a lesser capable console than the 2600. I wish I could say more about the audio in the game, but there's not enough here to give much of a comment. The Intellivision is capable of some nice music clips and some rich and varied sound effects, but any of the sound effects here sound like they came from old, dedicated Pong console. I gave it 1 out of 5. In contrast, NTVFunhouse.com said that Space Armada has very nice graphics and animation for a Space Invaders knockoff. And this game is hard. The aliens are a little big for the screen, but they sure are pretty. And the variety of bombs they drop is interesting, as is the shield refill when you hit the bonus saucer. Sound effects are interesting, and I especially like the unique feature that the debris of one exploding alien can also destroy the one following it. Alright then, well, after the break, we jump right into Space Armada and send the invaders home to their mama. That was terrible. Well, it's been a gorgeous day out here on Main Street, USA. This parade is one for the books, folks. Yes, indeed. We've seen some gorgeous floats and some amazing marching bands from all over the country. And with the exception of that tuba-related incident earlier, things have gone off without a hitch. We'd like to thank the marching bands from all the surrounding schools for putting their time and effort into today's parade to make it the wonderful event that it is, and oh, wait, I'm being told that there's one more entry into the parade today. Um, We have, uh, headed down Main Street as we speak, we have another marching band. Uh, I'm not familiar with this school. Uh, What's it called? Space Bugs University? Hmm, an odd name. Maybe that was the name of the founder. What? Oh, I'm being told it was the name of the founder, Arthur Spacebugs. All right, well, uh, the students are headed this way. They are marching in formation. They are, uh, and I hope I can say this on the radio, they're an odd-looking bunch. Maybe those are costumes. Um, they seem to be sort of crab-like creatures, if I could, if I can say that. And, um... An interesting choice. Most people just go with the, the sort of vaguely Sergeant Pepperish costumes, with the big hats. But no, these these guys went a different way, and and we should applaud creativity. And and here they come now. And oh, what are those? They seem to be firing off something. Maybe they have like a maybe they're throwing candy to the the children in the crowd and. Uh, or, or uh, a t-shirt cannon, perhaps, and... Oh, wait, those aren't t-shirts. Oh my god, those are lasers! Ah! Alright, so we're playing Space Armada. My first time playing Space Armada since I was probably... Boy, I don't know, 12. And, and to be clear, I, I mean it was my first time playing today. I've already been playing a little bit before I started recording this field report. But I, I am pretty sure I have not picked up this game in... 30-odd years, probably. Uh, So we'll see what happens. 
Alright, got the title screen up. Space Armada, copyright 1991, Mattel. Do I want to play a game or do I want to practice? I have my overlay and my controller here. I will push game. As awkward as it is, it's kind of uh, a kick to have this little overlay and have to push these little buttons uh, and hear the little, the little plastic thing crinkle. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting um, shift from Atari. Alright, so I told I want to play a game. I'm hitting enter. Oh, and we are in it, folks. Yeah, so we got some sort of like crab-looking creatures. We got space bugs. We got little yellow robot things. We got more crabs. Purple ones up at the top. I guess by default I'm playing on the level where you have barricades, but you can shoot them and destroy them, which seems... Um, antithetical to what a barricade is for, but all right. Ooh, they're moving, picking up speed. I guess I should be paying attention. I'm not going to make it through this level because I was busy too, too busy talking to you people. All right, I will try this again. Game. Enter. Um, it's a little slow. But, I mean, Space Invaders wasn't a rapid-fire game either. Ooh, I killed the little red space saucer thing going across the top of the screen. Golly, I'm good. I like the colors. They're very basic, you know. I just lost a ship or whatever. It suffers from the same limitation Space Invaders does, of course, because you can't leave the bottom of the screen. I got squashed again. Um, I I'll just talk about it for a second. Um, 240 points that time. I don't mean to brag. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you hit something, it's a nice, satisfying disintegration. Um, it sort of froze in time here, uh, with the little, um, pixels of, of laser blast right above my, my ship or my laser, whatever. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really basic game, but it's, you know... It's the kind of game that started it all, in a way. I mean, not literally. There was Pong and all that stuff and and whatnot. But, uh, you know, when you think of Atari, when you think of in television, when you think of classic video games, you think of Space Invaders. And this is Space Invaders for all practical purposes. So what's not to love? All right, back to you in the studio. Hey, everyone. This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast? but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. 
Thanks. So here's the thing about Space Invaders. Uh, I mean, Space Armada. Yeah, it's Space Armada. Space Invaders. Whatever. Uh, it's fine. I I don't think it's awful. I think the it does move a little too slow. It would be nice to have. Well, let me back off on that. It starts out slow. You know, even if you're not in practice mode. Uh, it does pick up after a while. But yeah, I can get the frustration. I think it is kind of an awkward game to play on a uh, on an Intellivision controller. Um, I found the fire buttons on the side kind of uncomfortable to use. The disc with any of the Intellivision games sometimes takes a lot of getting used to. Uh, not such a big deal here, I guess, because you're really only moving left or right. You're not moving all over the screen. Um, I don't hate the game. It's fine. Uh, but, I mean, other than the fact, for nostalgia reasons, Space Invaders is an icon of the Atari. I was never like, uh, oh my god, Atari's, or Space Invaders is such an amazing game. Except, like I say, it was an icon of Atari. So, at the time it came out, it was an amazing game. But, it, then it just became, you know, an emblem of Atari, not the greatest game on Atari. So, if you're getting your, if you're going to eBay and you're buying an Intellivision, should you get Space Armada? Sure. Just like if you get an Atari, you should probably have a Space Invaders cartridge in your collection. Not because it's the best game, but because it's sort of uh, a staple. All right, what's the time for now? Oh yeah. It's story time on Atari Bytes. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled Space Letters from the Space Front Lines in Space. It's August 4, 2311. The space battle rages on. The defenders struggle mightily against the invading armada. But the space armada wants its space, man, and they do not let up. The soldiers are highly trained aliens, good at moving in straight lines without stopping, and occasionally shooting without asking questions first or after. Some of the armada's soldiers, though, begin to question what they are doing. Then often die, after which they stop questioning because they are dead. My dearest Blorg, it seems some days this war never ends. We march and fight, march and fight. Tentacles worn down to become smaller tentacles. But through all the suffering, I know this invasion is just and right. Love you till the next regeneration. Glanton, 2nd Blue Lieutenant Alien from the Left, August 15, 2311.
Dear Dad, I sit here in the cold emptiness of space, waiting for the next wave, and I think of all the stories you told me about the great battles you fought, about how Mom liked the way you regurgitated the corpses of our enemies, and I wonder, how can I live up to your legend? Your son Vlastin, third orange alien in the top second column, August 31st, 2311. Dear Columnister, I hope this letter finds you well. Today my squadron will form straight rows. We will march in formation. We will shoot our squiggly lasers, for this is the way of things. Some may not understand. They are morons. Sincerely, your space love monkey, Thorg, November 9, 2311. Other soldiers were more ambivalent about their role in the invasion. Dear Quagon, <laughs> this Stemist, January 3rd, 2312. Dear Clorn, holy. An entire row of my friends got disintegrated right in front of me. What the hell, man? Also, I hear Maywin spawned recently. Give my best to the young. Lank, February 21st, 2312. Dear Lager, General Blanc says tomorrow the Defender will shrink away from the relentless advancement of our mighty swarm. And even though thousands before us have perished, we will be successful. I shall wave at you from my position right up front in the first wave. So until we meet again, Floor, April 18, 2312. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Might Hughes update theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers. Tell your friends. Tell the whole armada while you're at it. And direct them to iTunes Apple Podcasts to leave a review of this podcast. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, check us out on Instagram. And you know what? Now you can call and leave us a voicemail, too. Call 563-265-1978 and leave a message about any damn thing you want. Don't worry. You don't have to talk to me. I am never, ever going to answer the phone. It will always go to voicemail, and I may just play your message on the show. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page, 
or by picking up shirts and mugs in the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com. Links to all of these things in the show notes. Hey, do you love Snoopy? Do you know someone who does? Yes. Yes, you do. Check out my show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, your one-stop shop for all things in and around the Peanuts universe. New episodes of that show drop on the 15th of every month, and seriously, they cover everything. The strips, the TV shows, the movies, the merchandise, Charles Schultz himself, related projects that people have done. We've had playwrights, we've had authors, we've had illustrators uh, come and talk to us on the show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Please check it out. Next time on Atari Bytes. And Television Month rolls along, or should I say, gallops along, with a little uh, horse racing. Literally, that's what the game is called. Horse racing. It says so right on the box, so you know what you're getting next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.